probably across the page from the chapter we just read. Ephesians chapter 6, the first three verses. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. Today we complete our series on the family by considering the duties of children. And so I call the children in the congregation to give special ear to what is being said. This may be the first time that you've heard an entire sermon directed to you, but I'm going to be speaking directly to you children this Lord's Day throughout the sermon. If the Apostle Paul could particularly address the covenant children in Ephesus and give them clear direction as to their duties, then it is entirely appropriate for me to preach to our dear covenant children today. For dear children, the kingdom of God belongs to you as well as to your parents. The Lord Jesus declared concerning little children who were brought to him in order that he might bless, forbid them not to come unto me, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. Children, the Lord has called you to himself by your baptism and by the gospel of salvation. Jesus offers Himself to you, as you will hear in the sermon today. I urge you, children, take Christ to be your Savior. Embrace the Lord Jesus Christ. He will never leave you, nor forsake you. There are two questions. I will ask and answer in the sermon this Lord's Day from our text in Ephesians 6, verses 1 through 3. This is a very simple outline, children. And I urge the parents to remember the outline so that you can follow up with the children after the sermon. The first point, what is a child's duty? The answer is obedience. The second question, why is a child to obey? The answer given in the text is because God commands obedience. And secondly, because God rewards obedience. Children, listen carefully. Use your pencils if you know how to take notes. For God speaks to you as well as to your parents through the preaching of the Word. Not simply today, but God speaks to you every Lord's Day. He's not simply interested in communicating to adults. He's interested in your soul as well. He cares for you. First of all, then, what is a child's duty? The answer from the text is obedience. Children... Obey your parents in the Lord. 
The Apostle Paul wrote this letter to the Ephesian Christians from a prison cell in Rome. He wasn't in some luxurious, comfortable room in some grand hotel. He was in a prison cell. He was in jail when he wrote this letter to the Ephesians. Why was he in jail? He was in jail because he was preaching the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, to Jews and Gentiles. You see, dear ones and children, there is a price to be paid when we are faithful to the gospel of Jesus Christ. When we are faithful to what God tells us to do, it doesn't always mean that we will live comfortably, that we will always be free of afflictions and hardship and persecution. It may mean that we suffer for the cause of Christ. And even as a young person, you, today, as you consider these things, know that your life may involve suffering for Christ. In fact, I can guarantee you, it will, in some way or another, involve suffering for Jesus Christ. Because all Christians suffer in one way or another for Jesus Christ. But I can guarantee you this as well, children. Though you're young, and any of your, your parents today, or any of the adults today who are here, who have suffered for Jesus Christ, would tell you, it is well worth it. And I can guarantee you, when you reach heaven and you look back upon this life, there will be no more tears or heartache and you won't regret having suffered for Christ, having taken a stand for the Lord Jesus Christ. You won't look back and say, I sure wished I wouldn't have gone through all of that for Christ. But with gratitude and thanksgiving, you will praise unceasingly the Lord who gave you the grace to persevere, to stand fast in the truth and in the faith. There will be no regrets then. It will be worth it all. What then, according to our text, is the duty of a child? It is to obey, as we've noted Children, to obey in this verse means to listen to your parents. The actual word that is used there means to listen, to hearken, to hear what your parents say. And then, not only to hear and let it go in one ear and out the other and do nothing about it, it means to follow and to do what your parents tell you to do. And so it involves both hearing, and so when your parents speak to you, children, you can't do what your parents ask you to do if you're not listening. Give a careful ear and hearing to what they say. There are important things that your parents have to tell you. And second of all, once you hear what they tell you to do, the Lord says, obey them. Obey them. Follow them. Do you remember little Samuel in the Old Testament? He was brought to the 
house of God at a very young age by his mother, Hannah. He grew up in the house of God under the supervision of the high priest, Eli. And one day, God, or one evening, God called to Samuel. said, Samuel. And Samuel ran. He was a little child. He ran to Eli. said, Eli, what is it that you want? Here I am. And Eli said, I didn't call you. Go back. This happened three times. And then the third time, Eli knew that it was God that was calling Samuel. And he said, Samuel, go back, and when you hear that voice again, simply say, speak, for thy servant heareth. Heareth. You see, that is obedience. Speak. This is what, children, you should be saying to your, to your parents. This should be your whole attitude. Speak, dear parents, for I am listening. For example, if you are told to clean up your room or to take out the trash or to turn off the TV or to come in from playing or to get ready for bed, obedience not only means to listen with the outward ear, but to listen with the heart and to to do quickly what you are told to do. Not to delay, but to do quickly what God, through your parents, calls you to do. How are you, children, to obey your parents? In what ways are you to obey your parents? Let me give you a few ways. First of all, obey so as to please the Lord. Most importantly, obey so as to please God. In Ephesians 6.6, 6, God speaks through Paul to servants who are under masters. And he says, don't be men-pleasers. Don't simply obey your masters in order to get their approval. Do so in order to be pleasing, well-pleasing to God. And so that which is most important, children, is as you listen to what your parents tell you to do, remember that it is well-pleasing to God He finds great satisfaction. He is well pleased with your obedience. He approves of your obedience. And obey Him then from a heart that is filled with love. That's, first of all, how you are to obey your parents. Second of all, obey with a respectful attitude. Don't slam doors or stomp out of a room when you don't get what you want. Don't speak in a sarcastic manner or speak down to your parents as if they were your children or as if you knew better than they or knew more than they. I know I was a child once and I thought I knew at certain points more than my parents. It's normal for children to do so, but it is wrong. It's natural. But by God's grace, temper that because you will learn a great deal from your parents, children. Remember, all authority in the home is placed 
in your parents by God and to disrespect your parents by attitudes, by words, by gestures, or by behavior is to show disrespect for the living God whom your parents represent. You see, to the shame of Eli's sons, Samuel showed more respect for Eli, the high priest, than did Eli's own sons, whom God eventually slayed for their gross disrespect for God and their father. Thirdly, obey Children, obey from a sincere heart. Don't just go through the motions outwardly. That's what hypocrites do. Don't just go through the motions. But ask the Lord to give you a real desire in your heart to be obedient. If you don't have the desire, how will you get the desire? Not from your own nature. But you will get so by calling out to God to give you the desire. Pleading with the Lord to give you the desire to be obedient. You see, children, to grumble and complain about what you have been asked to do. Even though you may eventually do what you've been asked to do, to grumble and complain about it is not the kind of obedience God desires. He wants a sincere heart. Fourthly, obey with a cheerful heart. Don't have the attitude, well, if I have to do it, I will. But I sure don't like it. I sure don't want to do it. And I'm not even going to try to like it. Dear children, to despise having to obey your parents in your heart, even though you go through the outward motions of obedience, is not again the obedience God requires. Just as God loves a cheerful giver, so He loves cheerful obedience. And again, if it's not there, what do you do? You call out to God to give you a cheerful obedience. Fifthly, obey your parents immediately. Don't wait until you forget what you were told to do. Don't wait until you are distracted by something you really want to do instead of what your dad or your mom asked you to do. To wait until you are threatened with a spanking, is not the kind of obedience in which God delights. You see, dear children, when we pray in the Lord's Prayer, Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. We are asking God to give us and others the grace to obey God as quickly as the angels do in heaven. Now, think with me for a moment, children. Do you think when God commands the angels to go and do some work for Him, that the angels sit around and have to be told two, three, or four times to do what God tells them to? No, of course not. Immediately when the angels are told and given a commission by God to go out and do this, they're up. In fact, they're waiting on the edge of their seat 
to see what God will commission them to do. God delights, dear children, in immediate obedience. Now, some of you children might be saying to yourselves, but it's not easy to obey parents as God commands. And no one ever said that it was easy to do. I would go as far as to say, dear children, it's impossible for you to do in your own strength. It's impossible for you to do in and of yourselves. You cannot in and of yourselves obey your parents the way God calls you to obey them. For you are sinners. Just like your parents, you are sinners by nature. You were born into the world as sinners. And all by yourself, you can do nothing to please the Lord. In fact, dear children, the very first reason God has given His commandments to us Commandments like this one that we are looking at today. Children, obey your parents. The reason, the first reason God has given to you these commandments is to show you that you are a sinner and that you need a Savior. You need the Lord Jesus Christ. For without Christ, none of us will escape the penalty of our sins. Without the Lord Jesus Christ, we will pay for our sins for all eternity in judgment in hell. Without the Lord Jesus Christ, we may try and try and try a million times, but we will not be able to do anything that pleases the Lord. Without the grace of God, it is impossible. And so that holy commandment, children, obey your parents, has the effect of sending you children to Jesus Christ and saying, Lord, I see what you command me to do, but I can't obey that command in my own strength. I need the Lord Jesus in my life. I need your grace. I need the righteousness of Christ. For without His righteousness, all my righteousness is just filthy rags. You see, God's commandments should show you, children, that you cannot trust in your own obedience to earn forgiveness of sins or to make yourselves acceptable unto God. Only Jesus and His righteousness can make you acceptable before God. And so I urge you, dear children, come to Jesus today. Don't come with a a hand that's full of your good works and offer them to the Lord. Come with an empty hand that is willing to receive the grace of God and take of all the grace that the Lord freely offers you today in Christ. Receive Christ by faith. He will save you. Take Him and His perfect obedience to be your own and he will freely forgive you of all of your sins and he will give you the grace to obey him 
He will give you the desire to obey Him and to obey your parents. But you see, dear ones, God not only gives you, His dear children, His holy commandments so as to show you your need of Christ, but there's another reason why, children, God gives you His commandments. And that is also to reveal to you, now that you are God's child, how you can show your love for Him. How you can show God your gratitude and your thanksgiving for all that He has done for you. Here is God who has given you salvation, forgiven you of your sins, taken you out of the wrath to come, giving you eternal life, all of the blessings of heaven. Now, would it not show the ultimate ingratitude if you simply forgot to thank God by loving Him, by doing what He commands? That's like slapping His hand and saying, I don't care that you've saved me, God. But see, when we obey the Lord in His commandments... It is a way in which we say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for being so merciful and gracious to me, a sinner. Well, does this reference to children, when it says children obey your parents, does it only mean children while they are very, very small? Or does it mean older children as well? Well, the word that's used here for children does not at all stress the age of the child. That's not the issue with the word children. But rather, what is stressed by the word children is that the child is begotten and has parents. All of you who have parents are therefore included in this command. Certainly, therefore, as long as children are under the parent's roof and authority, they are bound to obey all lawful commands given to them by their parents. Whether the children are toddlers, whether they are pre-teens, teens or young adults, they cannot disregard the lawful commands of their parents without incurring God's holy displeasure. And once children have left home to become married or to begin a career of their own, their relationship to their parents indeed may change and will change in many respects. But it never means that children, even who are married and who leave home, it never means that they cease to honor their parents. It never means that they cease to listen to and to obey all godly instruction and advice given by their parents. It never means that they cease to care for the needs of their parents as they are able to do so. Now the Lord doesn't say here, children... Obey your parents if you like what they tell you to do, does it? It doesn't say that at all. He commands, children, obey your parents in the Lord. Now, there are two ideas that are communicated by the phrase, in the Lord. Listen closely. 
Two ideas. What does it mean to obey in the Lord? Well, first of all, your obedience to your parents is in the place of the Lord. That is, your parents represent the Lord in the home. And therefore, to disobey them is to disobey the Lord. You children, no doubt, have learned through experience what will happen to you if you do not come when your parents send your little brother or your little sister out to you and say, it's time to come in. And if you completely disregard what they have to say, you will probably be in trouble when you do eventually come in because they were representing your parents when they said it's time to come in. Well, in a similar manner, your parents represent God. And when your parents say it's time to come in, God is saying to you, it's time to come in. Or when your parents say it's time to go to bed, God is saying to you, it's time to go to bed. That's the first thing that is meant by children obey your parents in the Lord. The second thing that is meant by that phrase, in the Lord, is that since your parents represent the Lord in the home, they must not tell you to do anything that is contrary to the Word of God. They must never tell you to do anything that is contrary to the Word of God. To obey in the Lord means that when parents command their children to disobey God and to disobey His Word, the children must obey God rather than their parents. That's the second thing that it means to obey in the Lord. Of course, children, if they ever... Listen close. If you ever take this course of action, and I pray before God, this never, ever, hap- ever happens or needs to happen in your life. But if it should ever need to happen, you must be absolutely sure that what a parent has commanded or has forbidden is contrary to the Word of God. And if children, you are not sure whether it is, command, it is contrary to the Word of God, if you have any doubts, it is better to obey your parents at that point until you are sure that what your parent commands you to do or forbids you to do is contrary to God's Word. That's how highly we should esteem our parents in God's place within the home. And even if, God forbid, but even if, children, you must disobey your parents in order to obey God, you must show all proper respect to your parents. You must show your parents that you are indeed grieved in your soul. You are broken hearted that you must disobey Him. And you must be willing After that fact, you must be willing to bear any of the discipline 
that would come your way as the result of obeying God and disobeying your parent. Because it will probably mean some consequences. But it is far more important when you are absolutely sure it is far more important to obey God over any man, whether it's a pastor, an elder, whether it's a civil magistrate, or even a parent. It is far more important to obey God than man. But in such cases, where Christian children will not, for example, break the Sabbath, if they were, are commanded to. Or they will not follow a false religion if commanded to. Or they will not lie by saying that dad is not at home when indeed he is at home when someone calls for him. Or even will not marry one whom the parents favor because he or she is not a Christian or is not of like precious faith. Such children are a jewel in Christ's crown. And they shall, though very, very small on the earth, be very, very great in God's kingdom. Second main point, children. Why is a child to obey? The two reasons given from our text. Because God commands obedience and because God rewards obedience. First of all then, the first reason to obey the Lord, children, is because God commands obedience when He says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother. You see, God says it is right to obey your parents in the Lord because He commanded it in the fifth commandment. Honor thy father and mother is one of the ten commandments that God has given to us. You're not simply to honor father as opposed to mother. You're not simply to honor Mother as opposed to father, you are to honor father and mother, both parents. And I know all too well the tendency of children to take advantage of mom when dad is away, at least to try to, to test the boundaries and the limits because dad's not there to, to bring out the rod of discipline. And they think that they can get away with it, with mom. But that's not honoring mom, is it, children? You may be honoring dad, but you're not honoring mom. But in a sense, you're not even honoring dad, because if you don't honor your father, children, you don't honor your mother, because when he's away, you know who he leaves in his place? He leaves mom. And if you're not honoring mom, and if you're not honoring dad, you're not honoring God.
God doesn't give his commandments to you, dear children. He doesn't tell you, obey your parents, the Lord, children, because he wants to make your life miserable. He doesn't want to increase your hardship and your heartache by obedience. He doesn't want to increase your sorrow and your pain and your agony by His commandments. But He gives them because obedience, listen closely, obedience leads to joy and blessing in the life of a Christian. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 24. Listen, children, to what God says. The reason that He gave His commandments to His people Israel, the same reason He gives to us His commandments, the same reason He tells you children to obey your parents. It says in Deuteronomy 6.24, And the Lord commanded us to do all these statutes to fear the Lord our God for our good always, that He might preserve us alive as it is at this day. Why does He command you to obey your parents? He commands you, children, to obey your parents because it's good for you and because it will extend your life. It is foolishness and rebellion that often leads to, to children getting into trouble and shortening their lives due to their own rebellion and their own disobedience against the wisdom God has given to their parents. But God says, obey your parents, children, because it's good for you. In fact, I would go as far as to say that the most miserable people to be around are not those who are obedient. Think about those that you just find it very, very difficult to be around. It's not those who are obedient. It is those who are disobedient, who have never learned to obey, who are so selfish, self-centered, and care only about themselves. Those are miserable people, and they're miserable people to be around. Furthermore, children, as you grow up, you may not realize this, but think about it for a moment. As you grow up, you do not stop having to obey. Just because you become an adult doesn't mean you no longer have to obey. It's not just children that are commanded to obey. Wives are commanded to obey their husbands. Men and women who are members of a congregation are commanded to obey their elders. And I would challenge you, see how long your dad will keep his job if he tells his boss he doesn't want to obey the instructions his boss gives him. Most importantly, if you do not learn to obey your parents, you will not learn to obey the Lord. For if you cannot obey your parents whom you can see, how will you learn to obey God whom you cannot see? Or if you cannot obey those who represent God in the home, that is your parents, 
How will you ever obey God whom they represent? It won't happen. The second reason you are to obey your parents in the Lord from our text is because God rewards obedience. Not only because he commands it, but he rewards it. Notice what the text says, children. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee and thou mayest live long on the earth. Now, is this an absolute promise that an obedient child will be wealthy, free of hardship, and live to be a hundred years old? No. All such physical promises that we find in the Word of God that pertain to this life are conditioned upon what will most glorify God, what will most edify the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, and what will best promote our own spiritual good. Those are the ends that God directs all physical blessings that he pours out upon his children. Those are the ends that he directs them to. Now, it may happen. It may happen that the disobedient and rebellious child grows up and lives to, uh, 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 to be 75, 80, 95 years old here upon the earth by God's providence. That may happen. But in so doing, listen carefully, children, God's promise has not in any way been disturbed or annulled. For in so doing, the wicked who live a long life, in effect, turn a blessing into a cursing, for they merely store up greater judgment to themselves. For God has given them more years to live, to hear His call unto them to accept His mercy and His grace, and they have all the more hardened their lives. It may also happen that the obedient and righteous child may live a, a very short life upon earth by God's providence. But in so doing, listen carefully, God takes that which is temporary and gives that which is eternal. In such cases, it's as if God promised a hundred dollars and He gives to you instead a million dollars. Has God in any way taken away His promise then? When He gives you that which is much, much better? Of course not. Remember then, dear children, that God never takes a physical blessing away that He does not replace with a greater blessing. That's a good point for us parents, for us adults, to take to heart as well. In taking away material wealth, God gives the riches of His grace. In taking away the liberty of our body by casting us into prison, He bestows upon us the better liberty of a pure conscience. In taking away our health, He grants us patience and humility under his affliction. And in taking away our life on earth, he brings us into eternal life in heaven. God never takes away 
without giving you something much better in its place. And I would have you note that the promise that God makes here to you children who are obedient is due not to your good works, not to your merit, not because you earn it or deserve it. He gives these promises, this reward He gives to you of His free grace. The only thing that you as children or we as adults truly deserve from God is God's eternal wrath and hell. Everything else we receive is of God's free grace. In conclusion then, children, I give you several practical ways to apply what God has commanded you in this text. First of all, children pray for your parents. They need your prayers. All those in authority need your prayers that God will give them wisdom and knowledge of His will. That's what the Lord says in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. Pray for all those who are in authority. Such prayers of love on the part of children who love their parents and recognize the sins and the weaknesses in their parents, but nevertheless pray on behalf of their parents. Those prayers find great favor in the sight of God. Second of all, dear children, cover the weaknesses and the faults of your parents with love. Rather than exposing your parents' sins and weaknesses to others, telling your friends, do you know what my parents did? Cover them. Bury them from public notice and pray for your parents. 1 Peter 4.8 says, that charity covereth a multitude of sins. If you have opportunity, dear children, to privately discuss with a parent a very conspicuous sin in your parent's life, go humbly to your parent, respectfully with the Scripture in hand, and lovingly ask your parent to prayerfully consider what you have to say. And then leave it there. Thirdly, if you, dear children, would be a good father or a good mother with your children, when you grow up, you must learn now to obey your own father and mother as a child. Those who have never learned to obey when finally placed in authority are sure to abuse it. For they themselves have never learned submission or obedience. Fourthly, children, accept with humility the correction that you receive from your parents. The discipline you receive from your parents. Learn everything you possibly can. Every time you are corrected for something that you have done, do not grow resentful. Don't allow a root of bitterness to spring up and to grow in your hearts toward your parents. They love you. They care for you. And though discipline may hurt, and even if that discipline is administered unfairly, dear children, 
receive that discipline. Receive it. Your parents are not perfect. They may fail. They may be weak. But realize again, they don't do so. Even if you believe they've done it unfairly, they don't do so because they hate you, but because they love you. You can still learn many valuable lessons from it. Fifthly, Jesus is not asking you children to do anything that he was unwilling to do himself. In Luke chapter 2, verses 51 and 52, dear children, listen to Jesus, or listen to what the word says concerning Jesus. Jesus was perfect, sinless, but had sinful parents, had weak parents. They had faults. But listen to what Jesus did. And he went down with them, that is, Jesus went down with his parents, and came to Nazareth and was subject unto them. But his mother kept all these sayings in her heart, and Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. He was subject, the son of God, unto sinful parents. Jesus doesn't call you to do anything that he was unwilling to do. And finally, dear children, when you disobey your parents, no matter how wickedly you have disobeyed, don't run away from the Lord. Rather, return to the Lord and to your parents and be restored. You remember the par parable of the prodigal son, children? In this particular parable, Jesus said that there were two sons. And the youngest son came to his father and he said, Divide my wealth. Give me my wealth now, father. And he took the wealth and he went to a far off land and foolishly spent it upon himself. In many sinful and wicked ways, he spent his inheritance. But while he was in some very deep trouble, when all of it was spent, and he couldn't even provide food for himself, and he was having to eat the food that the pigs were eating, he came to his senses, and he said, even the servants, in my father's house, have better food to eat than what I'm eating. And he said to himself, I will go to my father and I will say, I'm not willing to be, I'm not deserving to be called your son. I'm willing to simply be a servant because I have so offended thee. And when he headed back to his father's house, while he was still a distance away, his father saw him. The love that the father had for that prodigal son had not changed. It had not diminished. 
Rather than waiting for the son to come, the father ran to meet his son and threw his arms around him and kissed him. It said, bring, put the ring upon his finger, put the shoes upon his feet, give him the clothing that is worthy of my son. You see, he wasn't willing or deserving to be called a son. The father didn't say, I will make you a servant and not my son. He humbled himself. He came back. He repented of his sin. The father said, call out the servants and let's kill the fatted calf. My son who was dead is now alive. You see, this is the way, dear children, that God will receive you. When you come to him, no matter how wickedly you have acted, when you come to the Lord with that humiliation, when you come to him pleading only his mercy and his grace, he will receive you. He will not turn you outside and cast you away. He will receive all who come to him. And so, dear children, Never throughout your whole life believe that you can't come to Christ. Christ continually has his arms open, inviting you, calling you to come to him. And he will receive you. And he will clothe you as one of his own children. Please stand with me in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, how merciful Thou art to us and to our children. We pray, our God, that Thou would send the message of Thy Word into the hearts of our children this day, and that they would find great joy in obeying their parents in the Lord. And that as a result, Thou would heap farther upon them Thy gracious reward, that Thou would bless them, Thou would multiply them. That Thou would give to them, Lord, an inheritance, not only in this life, but in the life to come. And that we might, as parents, be able to pass on to our children the banner of Christ's crown and covenant. That they might take that, Father, and boldly unfurl it before the world. We pray, our God, that Thou would bless both parents and children, Husbands and wives, as this series has come to an end, and that, Father, the truths that have come forth from thy word would burn into our hearts, that we would love it, cherish it, and obey it, that we would see that the ability to do so comes only from thy grace and thy mercy, for we are undone, we are unclean in and of ourselves. O Father, we pray that Thou would bless the families of this congregation. Thou would bless the families of all of our congregation, as all of those, Father, who are scattered abroad, that Thou would minister in each and every family. And that, Father, within each and every family, there would be a little sanctuary, a little church that is established to the glory of Christ. And encourage, O Father, those single parents, in our congregations. Encourage, Father, those parents who 
would seek to obey thee and be faithful to thee, but do not have the, the support of a spouse. We ask, O oh God, that thou would make them faithful, help them to see again and again that their labors are not in vain. We pray that they would persevere, that thou would give to them the grace to persevere. We ask all of these things in the name of Christ our Savior. Amen. This Reformation audio track is a production of Stillwater's Revival Books. You are welcome to make copies and give them to those in need. SWRB makes thousands of classic Reformation resources available, free and for sale, in audio, video, and printed formats. It is likely that the sermon or book that you just listened to is also available on cassette or video, or as a printed book or booklet. Our many free resources, as well as our complete mail-order catalog, containing thousands of classic and contemporary Puritan and Reformed books, tapes, and videos at great discounts, is on the web at www.swrb.com. We can also be reached by email at swrb at swrb.com, by phone at 780-450-3730, by fax at 780-468-1096, or by mail at 4710-37A Avenue, Edmonton, that's E-D-M-O-N-T-O-N, Alberta, abbreviated capital A, capital B, Canada, T6L3T5. You may also request a free printed catalog. And remember that John Calvin, in defending the Reformation's regulative principle of worship, or what is sometimes called the scriptural law of worship, commenting on the words of God, which I commanded them not, neither came into my heart, from his commentary on Jeremiah 7.31, writes, God here cuts off from men every occasion for making evasions, since he condemns by this one phrase, I have not commanded them, whatever the Jews devised. There is then no other argument needed to condemn superstitions than that they are not commanded by God. For when men allow themselves to worship God according to their own fancies, and attend not to his commands, they pervert true religion. And if this principle was adopted by the Papists, all those fictitious modes of worship in which they absurdly exercise themselves would fall to the ground. It is indeed a horrible thing for the Papists to seek to discharge their duties towards God by performing their own superstitions. There is an immense number of them, as it is well known, and as it manifestly appears. Were they to admit this principle, that we cannot rightly worship God except by obeying his word, they would be delivered from their deep abyss of error. The prophet's words, then, are very important when he says that God had commanded no such thing and that it never came to his mind, as though he had said that men assume too much wisdom when they devise what he never required, nay, what he never knew.